welcome to the Sisters of Resistance podcast for the week of July the uh, 15th, uh, 2019. The speakers on this podcast sometimes use bad language, and so listener discretion is advised. Find us on Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, and Apple iTunes at Sisters of Resistance, all one word. And then find us on Sisters of Resistance on Facebook and email us at sistersofresistance3 at gmail.com. It's Tuesday morning. I am joined by Franny McIntyre and Meg McIntyre Sundin. Ladies, how are you both in this Trump-adjusted world? <laughs> uh, I'm happy to be here, Reg. Uh, uh-huh. I just uh, sort of am trying to recover uh, from all the tension of, of Trump getting us all roused up and uh. never completing, uh, you know, yeah. uh, the whole census question, mm. uh, capitulation, his complete retreat there, which, of course, wasn't a retreat, according to the way he sees it. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that I was all upset about the ice raids. Yeah, which never happened. That never seemed to happen. And I'm still waiting for the caravan. Well, right. you know, and yeah. how about racism? has never reached the border. And so just as far as I'm concerned, he's such a complete failure. Um, you know, it just sort of feels like presidentus interrupt us, you know. <laughs> it never quite gets... Uh, not that I want any of these things, bad things to happen, but no. you just spend so much time in dread and intention over it, and then it doesn't happen. And if he could possibly do one other thing to make me despise him more, mm. it would be get in this this uh, this this racist, piggish, racist. thuggish behavior. Just, yeah. Uh, what do you think, Meg? Well, I just you know, I am I continue to be astounded and to claim that each week I've reached my limit and then I find out that there's just a little bit of nerve left in me that can still hurt. <laughs> the racism, the yeah. blatant, ugly, ugly racism, which he is doing intentionally because it thinks he thinks it makes him look like a big guy. Yeah. His ignorance to say that because people offer constructive criticism they should leave when he has did nothing in campaigning but kick all mm. of America in the ass, all the big cities, the military, everyone in Congress, everyone in Washington, D.C. So anyway, that just really, really upset me. And so, but I have transferred my ire towards Mr. Epstein, uh-huh. who is also irritating the heck out of me. So Mr. Epstein is going to get a lot of the anger that... I feel towards Trump, but basically Good. Epstein is just another pig. Yeah. All cut from the same mold. They're all from the same mold, all right. of them. So right. um, he was just, again, justice was not done in his case. And I'm hoping it's going to be done now. Well, I think for me, what occurred to me finally this morning or maybe a day or so ago was um, uh, that you know his whole thing about Obama being being born on another another country, yeah. the whole Bertha thing. I mean, this really, really has shown to me that he truly, truly is a racist. And uh, you know, I this morning I was thinking, you know, prior to him uh, getting into the presidential election, there was a lot, number of issues on, in Europe, you know, about immigrants coming in, and I just thought to myself. That, that, that's not going to happen here. That can't happen here. We, mm. we as a nation are above that. We're a nation of immigrants. Um, I'm sorry to say 
that the flames have been fueled by, by 45 and by the Russians, I suspect. So therefore, you know, and here we are, we're at each other's throats practically. And it's a painful, painful, terrible, terrible thing. And he is just flaming those fires. You know, he's, he's just, you know, giving the oxygen and the energy to those fires. It's terrible, 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 terrible. So racist. And well, and for him, you know, all these beautiful women, and I do not agree with everything they say, but I don't right. have to. This is a democracy, yeah. okay? Yeah. Only one is not someone born here. Mm -hmm. But, and she is a former refugee who came here as a child and has been here much longer than his wife and her communist party father yep. and, and, and mother and so on. And again, you know, why doesn't he go back? He doesn't like America that much. Why doesn't Trump go back and take his whole family with him? Really? Right. Yeah. It's just, it's it's just the ugliest thing to say, you know, uh, the beautiful, is it Ayesa Presley? Ayana? Ayana. Yeah, Ayana. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful woman. She's going to go back where she came from? That's Massachusetts. Yeah. Right? Exactly. exactly. Right. But there's such a political purpose to it. It's because the Republicans have no constituency. It's not building. They have a party of the Ooh, past. Yeah, that's a good point. And it's not the party of the future. And so it's ethnic cleansing to disenfranchise them so that these you know, mm. black and brown persons mm -hmm. so that Republicans can, can maintain their, their death clutch on power. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. Ethnic yeah. cleansing, that's all that whole, that's all, all I could is. think of this Sunday. Yeah. Right, right. Which, <sighs> you know, they said, and I heard on the radio that parks and areas of recreation that are normally filled with families having barbecues and playing soccer or whatever were empty. Right. Empty, you know. Well, um, when we were, when I have been in Florida, I have enjoyed, enjoyed seeing at public parks. Yeah. Beautiful extended. Families. Families. Yep. And I can say proudly that they have grandmothers and, and kids and everyone. Yep. And they have a wonderful time, a wonderful time. And then they finish up and leave and there's not one scrap left behind. Mm -hmm. And to think that for many people, Sunday is their family day. Yeah. And to rob them of the joy of that one day a week where they can be with their families. Mm -hmm. um, it's just cruel. It's cruel. Right. Right. He's a psychopath. So, He's a complete psychopath. A complete psychopath. Just a, a complete dick. And that's, that's an old... Ugh. Anyway, so we said that we were going to start, Franny, with you first, and then we're going to jump over to Meg. So, Franny, what's on your... What, well, what do you just got? For, for a little break from Trump, I thought I'd look at Jeffrey Epstein, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is just, you know, such a cheering, um, uh, you know, uh, view. Yeah, and uh, you know, as 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 Meg said, they're all pretty much cut from the same cloth. But I had a couple of observations um, to make, and and one of them was just um, just what an obsession this sickness is, this sexual mm. fetishism. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you know, it's almost too benign to refer to it as an addiction. This pathological drive. Um, how do, do how did Jeffrey Epstein have any time to make money? When he needed three massages a day? Three. 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 three he must have been one relaxed guy. <laughs> and, so. and you see the, a picture of one of his victims is this little girl about 14. She's got braces on. I mean, oh, I, I, totally. some, of this, 
the sickness of it, but just the obsessive quality of it. And I was listening to that Trump cast that uh, Reggie's talked about, um, Virginia mm. Heffernan, and she was saying the same thing about Harvey Weinstein. How did he have time to do his business where he was masturbating into potted plants all the time? <laughs> just, really no, that I so don't mind true. so much. Better a plant than a human being. This is a, this is a marginally better, I suppose. But <laughs> you know, uh, just I, my, so that was one thought I had was just the overwhelming nature of the sickness of it, and then the time taken to conceal it. Um, mm. A few other things, you know. How do they? How does how does Epstein finance this? Where does his money come? Mm. And I'm you know no further ahead than anybody else. And there are many people who have been looking at this question for 15, 20 years. But um, to me, there seems to be a theory that presently has currency that just makes a lot of sense to me. Mm -hmm. And of course, I didn't think it up. I saw it on Twitter. It's a a, a, a Twitter uh, handle. I guess his name is Quantian Q U A N T I N one. Mm. And there, he offers a suggestion that would really explain all the anomalies around Epstein, which include things like he supposedly has all this money, but nobody on Wall Street or any hedge fund managers ever heard of him. No clients have ever come to light. Um, there's no staff that he has other than administrative staff. He's a one-man operation. How did it survive for that year that he was supposedly in jail? <laughs> you know, you've got all this money that you're managing. How can you be unavailable 24-7 to it if you're a one-man show? So many anomalous things here. So what this Quantian guy suggests is that um, Epstein, uh, through, the, through the pedophilia or through simply entertaining all the people that he tried to get close to and introducing them to all these youngsters that were hanging around the house, and invariably some bad thing would happen under a video cam or the child would have some kind of report to make, he could then blackmail the person into this, not paying him money directly, mm. but to giving him money to invest, a billion dollars to invest. And mm -hmm. he apparently, his business is that he will only um, invest or manage a billion dollars per client, only a billion dollars, nothing less, not a dime less. He requires a power of attorney over that fund. Um, and then, so he has complete and total control of it. Quantine guy suggests he puts it into some sort of offshore account, probably hides it in something very safe like U.S. Treasury bonds, and then simply draws the management fees. And Quantine suggests that on a billion dollars, a $5 million fee every quarter, the IRS wouldn't blink at. Mm. And so it means a secretive uh, uh, client list. And the clients, of course, aren't talking about it because if they're being blackmailed, they don't want to come to light. And there's no governmental interference with it. It makes perfect sense. Um, you know, not exactly a Ponzi scheme, uh, not a Ponzi scheme at all, um, but something else really, you know, even more nefarious and sicker. And so that kind of satisfied my curiosity. And th that Vicki Ward writer who's been, been chasing Epstein and, and also the Kushners for years is apparently working on a book about it. So. That was one thing that I wanted to just uh, say my curiosity was, was um, uh, assuaged. And then there's an article today about how he is going to be bankrupted, essentially, by all the money that yeah. people are going to be looking for him by <laughs> way of lawsuits <laughs> and his legal bills. Mm -hmm. You know, they opine he's got a high-priced legal firm. He's got, you know, a fabulous guy out of Boston, apparently. And Marty, I mean, I know of this man, Marty Weinberg. And just can't imagine the legal bills. When you look at um, what Acosta reported about the, the, the nature of the defense, 
when um, uh, Epstein was originally charged in, in 2007, there were eight high-priced lawyers on that case, and they were all over everything, all over the witnesses, all over the prosecutors, personal investigators going after these folks. Yeah. Um, and so he's going to have legal bills um, uh, that will be enormous. And just by way of, uh, of analog, I took a little look back at another good friend, Harvey Weinstein, mm -hmm. um, the guy of the potted plants. And he is going to be standing <laughs> trial on September 9 on several charges that are different ways it's, it's framed under the New York law, but uh, charges of rape. Um, he's got a new legal team, but he's been bankrupted by all of this. Mm -hmm. And a lawsuit for $44 million, uh, I'm just, I'm, I should restate that. A, a, a potential settlement of $44 million for all the victims presently known collapsed. So it's going to be more money than $44 million to straighten out um, Mr. Uh, Weinstein's Franny, problems. He Franny, behind it. Yes. Do you think that he's going to be reduced to simply dating artificial plants? <laughs> <laughs> I bet they, they'll have a probation condition. You can't have any plans at all. Uh, and, uh, and so, uh, you know, the monetary consequences to Weinstein have been enormous. Um, Weinstein is not, probably still thinks he can get out of it. Um, and undoubtedly, you know, Epstein is going to, you know, have suffered that same kind of a, a series of penalties. And it'll be interesting. And then we'll find out exactly what the deal is with him. Um, and then the other thing is that is of such interest to me is all these enablers that surround right. um, these guys, mm -hmm. uh, Weinstein and Epstein. And it just brings me back to Trump and my compadres here on the podcast. Remember the night that we spent watching Stormy Daniels on CNN <laughs> and she yeah. talked about meeting him for dinner in the Beverly Hills bungalow and being driven over by what was his name? Um, the driver, the body yeah. guy, Ken Keith, Kenneth Schiller, Schiller, Keith Schiller, Keith Schiller. Keith Schiller. Yeah. You know, somebody called her up and set it up and Keith Schiller came and got her. It's the same kind of thing. It takes these fat pigs, a whole bunch of people to support their illness, mm -hmm. you know, and you've got this, this, this sick, you know, person at the center of it, you know, with, with all these parasitic folks running around that it, it seems to me, you know, making it all happen. And of course, there's lots of talk about the people around, Jeffrey Epstein, the article to the New York Times about Gerlaine Maxwell. Yeah. Uh, Gerlin, I should say. Gerlin is the way it's said, uh, it's pronounced. Um, and mm. somebody who is a ex-girlfriend and now friend and alleged fixer and who knows what else, but also, you know, was involved in bringing, she allegedly was, that's where I, mm. I saw that three masseuses a day she, he required. He yikes. Three. The number three. The and of, there were uh, massage tables in every room of the house practice. Oh, that's right. I forgot that. <laughs> you just never, never know when you'll uh, feel, the, feel the need. Um, Why were you, you, don't wanna, you, you don't want to take the time to have you put one up. <laughs> you get ready. That's right. That's right. I mean, just so those were some of the thoughts I wanted to throw out. And then, you know, just to mention this, and then I, I know, I'm confident Myra's got some thoughts about, you know, DHOJ's handling of this, but um, uh, Vicki Ward uh, has written and then Acosta t testified to it, mm. no, not testified, at his press conference last week. He was asked about the statement that, uh, that, that um, Epstein was an intelligence asset. And, ah. that, uh, and so Acosta kind of did a non-denial denial around that. Well, there's a lot of things being reported. I wouldn't you know, believe everything that you read. Um, earlier, he was quoted as having said to somebody that he had been told um, that um, Epstein was above his pay grade and leave him alone. 
Um, That's right. That he belonged yeah. to intelligence and to leave him alone. And so uh, a serious question, again, is why is the public corruption unit in this? Who are they looking at? Is there some suspicion that there was a bribe in that something mm -hmm. was fixed? Because it doesn't make any explanation, I mean, any sense that a public corruption unit would be in a human trafficking case, because that's really what this is. Um, and, you know, there's just another observation that human trafficking as is being, you know, is being discussed in an op-ed piece in the New York Times today, doesn't involve women chained in the cargo you right. know, sections in the back of, of, a, of boats. Yeah, right, no, it, it's, it's different. It's manipulation by reason of usually ex economic exploitation mm -hmm. or with these young girls, you mm -hmm. know, age as well, but they were all paid like 200 bucks. That was a lot of money, yeah. you know, to, for a kid uh, and can overcome a lot of... Uh, of hindrances and, and, and personal objections. So at any rate, Margaret, what do you think about uh, Epstein being above uh, Acosta's pay grade back when he was the uh, U.S. attorney in the uh, Southern District well, of Miami, of Florida? He I mean. certainly had friends, important friends somewhere. If, you know, not in the bureaucracy, uh, among donors to elected officials. And, and I want to talk about, you know, what DOJ should have been doing with Epstein. Uh, but first, I just want to flip back to what Farini said about the, uh, the theory about uh, Epstein running this big sort of black blackmail. Uh, very interesting, very entertaining, but I, I don't believe it because at every stage in his life, Epstein has messed up majorly and, and committed regulatory mistakes. The other reason is that he is an active addict, you know, three massages a day. Mm -hmm. um, that takes up a lot of time. And it would require someone who is very smart to be running that criminal enterprise. So someone may be running it. I don't think it's, it's Epstein. But in any event, it is a great, a, a great theory. And again, very, very interesting. Um, I was working with DOJ, you know, in, in, in this decade. And there was a great public interest in protecting children. Uh, you know, lots of laws about when children mm, are abducted yeah, and yeah. how can we have background checks on everyone who is a babysitter, a school bus driver, and so on. I was really involved with that. Under the Department of Justice criminal section, there was a special subsection called child exploitation and obscenity section. Right. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago how nuts DOJ at this point went on about child pornography. Remember, this was following Ash, Ashcroft, who had to cover up Lady, Lady Justice's titties. Mm, yeah. Anyway, but they were very upset about child, uh, child uh, pornography. I was able to find in the archives the news releases that this section put out. And these were certainly not all the cases that they prosecuted, but the real important ones where they want to get attention. So in two, starting in 2006, this obscenity section listed 25 major cases. Of those 25 major cases, six of them involved facts and circumstances related to what Epstein is accused of. 
nowhere near the amount that he was doing, but they were uh, similar, including in March of 2006, one guy in Florida got 14 years imprisonment and 10 years supervised release under Alex Acosta, the guy himself, Mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. We go ahead a year and everything's ticking up even more. 2007, there are 47 major cases, seven of them specifically with facts similar to Epstein. Again, under Alex Acosta in Florida, there's a guy who went to Cambodia to have sex with a minor, okay? And in July is sentenced to life imprisonment for two counts trafficking, three of transporting a minor, one count conspiracy, and two counts witness tampering. Mm. Now, Epstein has done tons more than that. So this guy got 14 years. In another case, uh, in Regina, this is the area where Regina and I were familiar. It was under Chuck Rosenberg, who at that point was the Eastern District of Virginia, the U.S. Attorney. Mm -hmm. Okay. A guy there is sentenced to 10 years in prison for attempting to entice a minor into sex. Okay, the background is a guy in Maryland is looking to have sex with a young woman. He gets online and starts chatting with a young woman in Falls Church, Virginia. Little Mm. does he know, she's an FBI agent. They make a date. He drives to a location in Virginia and parks outside her house where he is arrested. In, her, in his car, they find a bottle of wine, marijuana, condoms, and wait for it, Viagra. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Jeez. Anyway, that guy t- got 10 years in prison for attempting yeah. to entice. Okay, 2008. 73 major cases overall, eight specifically in similar trafficking. Mm -hmm. And um, in one case, a New Jersey man is arrested in Thailand, and he gets eight years in floor, over eight years for one count of traveling interstate commerce for sex with a minor. Okay, so it was a high departmental priority. Mm -hmm. I looked at the U.S. Attorney's Manual, which I can have, I can find online. Now, the situation with Epstein is he was never charged. So when they say, oh, you don't get to really, you know, try him again for the same crimes, he was never charged. There was a 53-page indictment that was given to uh, Acosta. And under 9-27.230, in deciding whether or not to prosecute the attorney should consider the federal law enforcement priorities, of which this child protection is huge, the nature and seriousness of offense, the yuck factor, mm-hmm. the deterrent effect of prosecution, the accused person's culpability, his history, and the interests of the victims. Now, usually with the NPA in the manual, it's something that's entered into with a corporation that has somehow been doing something that wasn't right. In which case, a monitor is appointed and there's all kinds of protections to make sure that the corporation now does right. Or a non-prosecution agreement is when the accused person is cooperating. Now, we heard there was some rumor that he had something to do with talking about the financial decline at that point. Who knows? 
but it's very unusual. You don't usually just do a non-prosecution agreement as a kiss to someone you're not going to charge. Under 927-240, as in this case, parts of the criminal activity could be charged in another jurisdiction. Okay, so he is having sex with young women. Okay, that can be looked at many different ways. Under the state law, they're looking for, well, he was charged with prostitution solicitation, which is about the ease, the light, light, lightest thing he could be charged with. Yeah. But as I explained last week, there's federal laws that he was violating, right. uh, interstate commerce, sex trafficking, all these things. So when parts of a criminal activity could be charged in another jurisdiction, the U.S. attorney is supposed to consider the strength of the other jurisdiction's interest in prosecuting, their ability and willingness to prosecute effectively, and the probable sentence if convicted. Also supposed to be considering the strengths of the jurisdictional interest. The state law violations, were, although arising from a similar set of facts, were completely different from the violations of federal law. Okay, I'm winding up now, but under 927.270, you had to make a record of why you were doing this. Mm -hmm. I'm still looking to get a copy of the NPA. I'm suffering with some eye issues, so it's difficult for me, but I do note that in May of this year, the victims in the case against the United States you know, that, that was uh, where the judge said in February, the United States was wrong in doing this non-prosecution agreement because it was in violation of the Crime Victims' Rights Acts. Uh, as part of their relief, they have asked for a complete release of all the papers. Mm. So that's why I think I can't find it. Okay. The other thing is who is in charge here? Okay, mm. Alex Acosta is the king of this district in Florida. But under the U.S. Attorney's Manual 927-140, when a significant modification or departure from usually planned prosecution, which this had to be, the appropriate assistant attorney general and the deputy attorney general must approve. Mm -hmm. At the time that this was operative, it was Alberto Gonzalez who was the attorney mm -hmm. general. Mm -hmm. This agreement, which I've yet to see, was signed in September of 2007. Okay, so that's all Gonzalez. However, they hold off because um, Epstein's attorneys are still looking around, seeing if they can get a better deal somehow. Mm. They can't, and they decide in June of 2008 to finally have him plea in, in Florida. So by that time, it was uh, Attorney General Mukasey was in there yeah. acting. But in any event, there should be a ton of paperwork explaining mm. why, with a 53-page indictment, they decided not to prosecute. And I can't wait to see it. And I think that's why the government is fighting so hard. They don't want to release this. I want to know which assistant attorney general and which deputy attorney general approved this. So this goes all the way up. It's not, Acosta is, you know, important, but he could not do it without, unless he had the support or the direction of the higher-ups in Washington, D.C. And I hate the guy. He's a pig. Did I mention that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, ah. I just, what I relate to is certainly not on this level by any stretch. However, 
I know how, for instance, I was dealing with the U.S. Attorney's Office in Erie, Pennsylvania, and Pittsburgh when we were attempting to uh, uh, indict, uh, squeeze a plea agreement out of a former state senator who was going to be, who was, gonna, who was being charged with Clean Water Act violations. And they just just turned themselves into an just into a pretzel so as to avoid the fact that this guy who was previously the sewage treatment plant operator then became a state senator and oh. some little you know outback in you know in 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 uh, Pennsylvania but how they twisted themselves through a knothole to try to make that not happen you know um, and what he finally mm. pled to but you know, I I can't wait. I, I can't wait to see what the where those documents when they unfold and when that's all where that data dump is going to happen. I mean, where's WikiLeaks when you need them? You know. Oh, and well, did you I, hear I, about that with uh, what's his name? Yeah, uh, that they have video surveillance of him getting the uh, all the uh, emails from Russia. Well, you know, and it was interesting this morning. I was listening to Preet Bharara and. Apparently, I think we know that one of the discussions between Epstein and his lawyers and the U.S. Attorney's Office currently, or DOJ currently, was, is that uh, Epstein was going, trying to get them to agree to have their own um, personal security guards 24-7 uh, oh. who will watch <laughs> when he comes and goes. And the U.S. Attorney's Office said, or DOJ said no, because that is such a that shows how the elite operate, right. how they operate and that they have the money to do this kind of a thing. And you cannot, people are already wound up about the fact that the rich get away with everything. So we're going to let that happen. And they were like, are you kidding me? So very interesting. Francois, give me your Yeah, I just, a I, I, uh, couple things. Um, Margaret, as you're talking about the deal that went down for Epstein, I'm, I'm getting a little more clarity on it, and you're right. It, it is, it's nothing that's publicly available that you can look at and actually see. It must all, you know, still be, be um, sealed. Um, but do you understand it that the non-prosecution uh, agreement meant they had no indictment at all, and that he served the time under the Florida conviction, not under a federal conviction at all? Well, well, I think that he must have done a tremendous amount of paperwork to show that he had no likelihood of success on the federal level, which is absurd. Yeah. And absurd. that the best deal society in general was going to get was in Florida. And of course, supposedly the reason it came to the FBI because people were afraid that Florida would not charge enough, but Florida then charged him for the least thing they could, where the federal arsenal had many laws with very right. good penalties that they did. And I know that at one point, the U.S. Attorney's Office was trying to talk the young women out of testifying, saying, you know how this is going to be, your life's going to be pulled apart, blah, blah, blah. Now, they can say, one, you know, if you have a single rape victim, she may decide that she does not want to give her life over to this. But they had dozens and dozens of young women. Mm -hmm. So there's no way they could plausibly make the argument that they couldn't get witnesses against him. No, I, I understand, but when that's, you're absolutely right there about that. But when this guy actually went to jail, when Epstein went off to his 13 months in jail that he got out every day, 
did he go on a federal crime or did oh, he no, go on the state crime? State crime. He went on the state crime. Yeah. Prostitution, so which is like was, being so a it was joke. not a federal crime at all. Not at they, all. No. They, no so they, they made it. They so your observation that they would not have it would not make sense for them to do a written agreement to not prosecute him. I mean, there's no exchange there. You just don't do it. Right. right. I mean, right. there's no consideration. It doesn't make any sense um, that they would be negotiating him to go to jail on a state on a state charge. I mean, it was it would be the the uh, the Florida attorney, the Florida state's attorney, that would be handling that. The other observation was that if it's true that somebody told Acosta to back off, and this is parallels your question, who would have told him that? Right. Who was over him? Did you, know? you did you guys see that thing? I think I sent it to you, Franny. It was an empty wheel. It was on the. Um, I sent it to you in a message. Yes, yes, yes. I saw okay. it. I didn't read it. What is what was she, it? Um, it's a it's a website. It's a a blog that someone from um, uh, Pod Save America uh, is a is a frequent co- um, me, a person that gets on the show, and she was able to show who at DOJ you know, assistant to the assistant, who are the one that would have, in fact, had been in the approval line to make that happen. Yeah. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up. And I, no, I'm going to see that because on the other press releases, there was a, a woman whose name I think was Alice Fisher that was mm-hmm. approving all these. So I just, I can't believe that she approved it. But it, remember, it says the appropriate AAG yeah. and deputy. So you can always find someone high and high enough up but that's what i was attempting to find reggie reggie okay. so if you could put that out for me and for our listeners i would love it yeah and again um, i'm just curious as to how such a miscarriage of justice could occur at a time when the doj's stated priority was protecting children uh and the congress was passing laws as fast as they would come um, and funding places like the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, mm-hmm. uh, just a ton of things uh, to protect children. How this could possibly been broomed away? I don't know. It's it's going to be a great a great story, and I can't wait for the release of all the documents. Well, I hope we get a chance to talk about this again, Reggie. Well, I do too. I certainly do. And I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. And I will forward that information to you. And um, well, I, there's nowhere else to go. And, and Meg, I like the idea that you, um, you did that compare and contrast to those other, uh, yeah, other bad, you regular know, people, regular folks that got 14 years, 10 years, et cetera. And this guy, lifetime, just, <laughs> lifetime. And this guy just walk, you know, minimum, minimum, minimum. So very interesting. Um, so we'll wrap it up uh, as discussed today. Thank you, everybody, for listening. As discussed today, Trump's vain and reckless and self-serving actions undermine the rule of law and our American way of life. Join us, the Sisters of Resistance, and read the Mueller report because Donald J. Trump cannot, cannot get elected for a second term. And Thanks Reggie, everybody. can I say, Reggie, yeah. when we see racism... Call it out as racism. Call it out. I agree. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Talk to you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Resist, everybody.